Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Well, welcome, friends, to Walk It Out. I'm so glad that you're here today, and I always love sharing journeys, journeys of steps of faith. So we're going to be doing a double journey today. First of all, we're going to be talking about the journey of Pilgrim's Progress, which many of you are familiar with, but also the journey of one of the producers of, or the producer of the new movie, and I'll be introducing him in just a moment. So first, let me just talk a little bit about Pilgrim's Progress. So a man named Pilgrim discovers a book, and the more he reads it, the more he is convicted of sin and judgment, and a burden begins to develop on his back. Obsessed with discovering the truth and escaping his town, the city of destruction, he ventures outside the forbidden borders and begins his journey to find a celestial city ruled by a good and noble king, meeting his friends and foe along the way. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the book Pilgrim's Progress, which was written over 340 years ago by John Bunyan. But today, it's amazing because Revelation Media brings the story to a new generation using state-of-the-art CGI animation. And I'm so excited to talk to Steve Cleary today. So welcome, Steve. Thank you, Tricia. I'm glad to be here. I am so glad that you're here. Sorry about that. Um, We just spend a moment and introduce yourselves to my listeners. I'm the uh, executive producer of the film, and it's not. I'm not a filmmaker by career. I'm a. I, I'm in the world of marketing and donor relations. We just had this vision, uh, me and one of my best friends, who who is a filmmaker, about five years ago, and we said, "What's our legacy project?" You know, mm-hmm. we, we were just kind of dreaming. You know, you say like, "What if we do this? What if we do that?" And we thought, you know, what if we what if we made a film? And it was something that we did. Nobody hired us to do it. We just do it ourselves. We do kind of a passion legacy project. And I left him that night and I called him up the next morning and I said, Hey, Robert, you ready to talk about that film we're going to do? And he just laughed. He said, you were serious. You know, he goes, I just thought we were kind of having fun, uh, dreaming, daydreaming. And we met that morning and he said, he said, uh, I've always wanted to do the Pilgrim's Progress. He said, if you're serious, and I said, yeah, I said, I am serious. And we did. I mean, we had a little bit of money. We had, we had three people in Costa Rica, artists that worked out of a kitchen. And he started working on the script and we started working on characters. And, you know, looking back, I mean, it, it really is amazing that we produced a feature length film on the second best selling book in history. Um, if I look back at it, I think it was kind of a crazy dream, but but we did it. Others helped us. Others joined us. People invested. People donated. People cheered us on. And it's been a very hard journey. But as you have seen, you know, you've been to a pre-screening of the film. Uh, we're here. We're delivering the film shortly uh, to Fathom, and it's going to be in 750 theaters over Easter. So it's an amazing journey. Yeah, I love that. So my family and I went a couple of weeks ago, like you said, to the pre-screening, and I didn't know what to expect. Because, you know, 
it's such a large film to try to, or it starts a large story to try to put into a film. And we were so amazed by the depth of the story, the depth of the characters. The characters were so unique. I'm, I'm just thinking of, you know, the giant and the dragon. I mean, there's just such amazing characters. You really did an amazing job bringing it to life. But what I love too is that you and you said your partner just took those steps of faith and, you know, walk it out. That's what I talk about a lot. It's the radical result of living God's word. And it's like trusting him and taking those first steps. So, I mean, when you took the first steps, did you, you know, so many times we like think, you know, of the whole picture, were you able to think through the whole picture and what it was going to involve? Or were you just really stepping out in faith that God would provide as you continued on? You know, it's, that's the first time I've been been asked that question. We looked at the whole picture, but the picture we looked at wasn't reality. Mm. Um, so it's kind of what we thought we could do, what we thought it would be like. So real quickly, we thought it would cost less money. We thought, uh, uh, you know, maybe we would sell it. People would want to buy it. We thought we'd be done in a couple of years. And we really did not, we weren't in tune with what God wanted us to do. We see clearly now, but it's funny because we see backwards mm-hmm. in what God wanted us to do. And I have to confess, if if somebody told me, here's what you need to do and here's what it's going to take, I probably wouldn't have done it. So I don't want to sound like a super person of faith because this has been a long, long, uh, trying, difficult journey to get to this point. And we are so thankful. We're almost thankful God didn't reveal the whole thing to us. Uh, one of the big things I learned, uh, number one, is that Christian films lose money in America. And so it's very hard uh, to gather financial support. And the other thing I learned is that we make films for America, not for the world. And so both those things are negatives, right? So I'm going to do a film and, and, and people are going to lose money. Uh, we put all of our team has put all of their life savings into this film. Right. And, but then we learned that films don't go to the mission field. And how sad is that? I mean, they do, but they're not specifically made for the mission field. And so about halfway through our journey, uh, we started changing our thinking and we said, we said, we're not a movie that's going to be uh, about money and about, hey, here's our, here's our film we left to our you know, American household. We said, God is calling us to do something bigger, and we're going to make a mission film, and we're going to start a nonprofit, and we're going to give it away to missionaries. And because the industry financially is broken, we said, why are we going to do something that's broken? Why don't we do something that is the right way to do it? And the biggest thing for us is we made a film for the mission field. So I hope people enjoy it in the U.S. And we know being a budget uh, animated film, you know, Rotten Tomatoes probably will not like us and, and we'll start hearing the critics. But we are getting a, such amazing response around the world. People just wanting this film, wanting to see it, wanting to show it to their kids, wanting to be encouraged in the Lord with it. And our goal is to be the second most watched film on the mission field after Jesus film. And now I have a vision. I believe we'll get there. Okay. So you just said so many amazing things. First of all, I, it's so true that like we don't get the whole picture and then halfway through the journey, we're like, what in the world? You know, I think of that when we adopted, we've adopted six kids, you know, from foster care, six from foster care and one from a private adoption. And then we're in the middle of it when we're dealing with anger and all these hard stuff. And I'm like, I never would have signed up for this if I would have known. Now, of course, I love my kids. I wouldn't trade it. But in the middle of it, it, that's kind of the hard part where you're trying to figure it out. But then God opened up that vision. 
And, you know, I just finished a book about um, a hol- with a Holocaust survivor that ended up surviving the Holocaust as a child and then becoming a Christian and going and he was a missionary in the Philippines. And he talked about the Jesus film and we're reading, you know, different books and different stories from missionaries and we hear about the Jesus film. And that film has impacted so many people. And I just love so much that you see that vision for this story, for Pilgrim's Progress, because I agree completely that it's the perfect story to share around the world. Now, our daughter is a missionary. She's in the Czech Republic. She's been there for five years. And she does, um, they work with students. So they work with high school and college students. They open their home. They have small group discussions. And they'll talk about, like, what is evil in the world? And how do we know truth? And, I mean, they have all these conversations with students. And I'm like, this would be perfect to have it. So you have to have Czech in there somewhere, get it in, get it into Czech language. But I could see like each segment of the movie, them being able to show it to even, you know, high school and college students, because it's not, even though it's animated, it's not simplified. You know what I mean? There's so much depth to it. And I could just even see my daughter on the mission field sharing in her home and just having these conversations because there's so much depth to the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly our vision. Uh, I'm working on, you know, in the course of a week, I'm working on uh, a viewing into Iran that we know will be, uh, we'll have 6 million viewers. Mm -hmm. And we know that because they have that many viewers over Easter weekend, every Easter weekend. And this, they show the Jesus film every Easter weekend and it's great, but they've wanted another film to show and they don't really have one. And so this year it's going to be the Pilgrim's Progress. And we know we'll have at least 6 million viewers and it was estimated 2 million of them will be secret Christians and 4 million of them will be Muslim seekers. But then somebody writes to me in the Philippines and they say, can I show your movie? Uh, can I license your movie and show it in a public square and we won't charge anything. We're just going to show the movie. Whoever wants to come can watch it. And then I'm going to share the gospel after. And I said, well, I can't license it because it would violate our nonprofit principles that we've established, but you can have it as long as you are not making money on it. Mm-hmm. You can take it, you can have it for free. And some people have said, don't do that, just charge something. And I said, well, I can't. I know they should value it, maybe they should pay for it, but I just can't. It's just something I believe God has led me to do. But then the guy writes back to me and he goes, well, if that's the case, he goes, let me tell you this. He goes, I'm a principal in the school and I'm on the school board. Could I take it through all the schools? in my community. Now that gets exciting. I'm like, absolutely. And I have to wonder, would he, if I would have charged him a hundred bucks to do a license for a private screening, would he, would he have asked me to take it through the school system? Right. I don't know. But he did after we said our mission heart, that's exactly why we did the movie. We did it for your daughter. We did it for this principal in the Philippines. We did it for the satellite TV that's going to reach 6 million people in Iran. We did it mm. for my grandkids. And I really want, we didn't tell our story. We told John Bunyan's story mm-hmm. and I'm really proud of the script. Uh, my friend Robert did an amazing, amazing job. He, he prayed and prayed and prayed. And I told him the other day, I said, Robert, I don't mean this to sound critical, but I, I believe the script is beyond your ability. I mean, I believe you just did. This is even better than uh, anything you've ever done before. And I believe the Holy Spirit anointed him and he, and he put that script together. It's, it's true to the book. It resonates lesson after lesson after lesson. You know, we talk about the journey. When Christian leaves the city of destruction, uh, he doesn't know what journey is ahead of him. And two or three times, he thinks his journey is over. Right. And, you know, a character says, no, it's just beginning. 
Um, he doesn't lose his burden until halfway through the movie, and which is really salvation. And some people think it's the end of the movie. Um, but it's only halfway through the movie when he really gets saved and continues on his journey. All the hardships come after he gets saved. And isn't that kind of opposite of what American Christianity sometimes teaches us? They teach us that, you know, you get rid of your hardships when you become a Christian. But John Bunyan said your hardships, different hardships begin when you become a Christian. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I love that part. You're talking about, you know, the part where he's going up Salvation Hill. And I asked my, my little eight-year-old daughter today, I'm like, what was your favorite part of the movie? Because I'm going to be talking to the executive producer. And she's like, the part where he's going up the hill and then his burden falls off. And so at eight years old, she's able to relate that to me. And, you know, we're able to talk about, you that's know, what that means. And so I think it's so neat that, you know, at eight years old, she's able to say, that's my favorite part. And that is such a meaningful part of the movie. But yet then there's so more for, you know, as we continue to talk with our kids, we can share more and more of what the other part means, what the other journeys mean. Um, you know, at eight years old, they're like, that's the bad guy. That's the good guy. Yeah, right. But I think as we go along and we share more of the depth, the kids and adults can understand um, the journey better. And I agree that the it was just so well done. And, um, and I loved, I mean, just each new world and each new part just had such richness to it that, you know, I find myself thinking about it later, which is always the sign of a great movie when you're thinking of, you know, parts of it later and, and trying to remember co- quotes and, um, you know, all one, one quote that just struck me, which was just amazing. Um, it's when one of the characters said, sometimes looking through tears brings clarity. And he was trying to look at the gate and, you know, just stuff like that. I'm like, that is such like, that is something I could post on like my mirror or something just to remind me. I mean, there's so many good parts to it. There are, those quotes are over and over and over and I can guarantee you'll never get them with one viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking earlier and, you know, we were counting how many worlds Christian goes through in our movie and he goes through 15 different worlds in every world. He learns a specific lesson. Yeah. In every world. Uh, he, there is a unique, uh, opportunity. And sometimes he chooses the wrong path. Sometimes he chooses the right path. So it's, it's also not, it's also not predictable. And of course, if you know the book, you, you kind of know what's going to happen, but as he journeys, it really does become, uh, the journey of the Christian life. My son is 27 years old. He's grown up in Sunday school. He's watched me do Christian media all his life. Um, he's, he's helped me on this project. And when we were watching it, he said, daddy goes, he goes, does this represent me? And I said, yeah. He goes, is this my journey? Is this a journey of people who believe in God? Is this a journey? I mean, he's a millennial. He can only go to church so often. And, and you know, he needs to kind of discover things himself. And he hates Christian mm-hmm. answers to questions. He always wants something a little deeper and to understand things better. If it just doesn't make sense to him. And he got the allegory. This is his life. I'm like, you know. This is what I want people to get out of the movie. Uh, people o- often ask me, why this story? Why has this story lasted 340, 350 years? And my answer is, you know, number one, has God has anointed, anointed this man to write the story. But number two, this is not the story of a hero that inspires us. This is not the story of a right. football player, a musician, a war hero. You know, I love I Can Only Imagine, but I'm never going to write that song. I mean, I'm tone deaf. I will never have to worry about (laughs) the famous singer. But when I, the Pilgrim's Progress is not about somebody else. 
It's about us. It's mm-hmm. our journey. And we get to be Christian. We get to think of our burdens. We get to think of our times we've fallen off the straight path. And we're all on a path, whether we want to admit it or not. And that path leads to a destination. And we have to ask ourselves, what is our destination? Are we stuck making a great life for us here on earth? Or are we on a path? do we understand that the path is just traveling through this world and really not trying to hang around in too many treasures here? Yeah, absolutely. And I love, you know, you talk about that journey as each of us. And as we drove home, you know, in our 12 passenger van with all the kids, we were talking about the different parts and what was meaningful to them. And it seems like almost every person had a, a different part that like really struck them. One person talked about Vanity Fair and, you know, just trying to get lured away. Um, another person talked about the dis- the giant of despair and she does struggle with anxiety. You know, it's like each each person saw themselves differently. And um, the part that really stuck out to me was flattery. How are the flattery and believing the flattery entraps us? <laughs> and so, you know, it's like each of us, as we drove home from this um, this movie with me and my husband and the kids from ages eight to 16 in the car, different parts of the movie struck us differently because we're all at different places on that path. And I think that's the amazing part is every viewer is going to get a completely different experience, um, you know, through the Holy spirit speaking to their heart as they're watching that movie, um, which is an amazing thing. And then when you, when you multiply that, like you said, going around the world, I mean, that is just incredible that one story is going to be able to personally impact all these people around the world. Oh, we, I really appreciate you sharing that. It means a lot to us and the team to know that um, different kids, you know, identified with a different part of it. And that's, you know, that's obviously our, obviously our goal. And the flatterer, yeah, that's one that's not often talked about. Mm-hmm. But they were, they are trapped in a net of their own pride. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they had accomplished a lot. But, you know, how true is that? I mean, for any of us, if I if I lose sight of the fact that uh, this movie is something that God put in motion and I'm just I'm just a willing vessel. Um, somebody asked me once, they said, are you the right person to do this movie? You know, you haven't you haven't done an animated feature film. You don't have any money. <laughs> you know, you're not known. I've always been behind the scenes in all my work. They said, are you the right person to do this? And I said, absolutely not. I said, I'm just the willing person. Mm, yeah. If somebody else did it, I'd go to the movie. I'd give a donation. I would share it with my family. I would love it. And the interesting thing is there is ov- there's always at least five Pilgrim's Progress being made in Hollywood. They're not in production. They're always talked about. And so this story, this because when I first started working on it, I researched other people that were working on one, and I even contacted them. And one person like refused to talk to me because they didn't want competition and Mm -hmm. another person I couldn't get a hold of. Another person was filming. Another person was looking for funding. And, and then I talked to a guy who made a movie, the last Pilgrim's Progress, like eight years ago or 10 years ago. And I said, yeah, I hear this like four or five in production right now. And he goes, he goes, Steve, they were four or five in production when I did mine. And everyone's always talking about it. And we just wanted to do it. I mean, I've heard that, you know, Mel Gibson has been approached about doing a live action Pilgrim's Progress. And I'm always like, great, great. I've never felt threatened by that. But we were just willing, we were just a willing party. And I would never want, you know, arrogance and pride to to have me forget that, even if I'm flattered. People say you never comment on the animation. I said, I don't want to. It's a let somebody else comment on it. Let them be the judges. I don't I just want to put something out there that I believe will bless people. And it's not my story, it's John Bunyan's story. 
And so we were just used in this tiny sliver of time to keep a story moving forward. Mm, I love that so much. It made me think about um, what you were saying when I first started writing fiction. My first novel came out in 2003, and I remember I was interviewing uh, World War II veterans about the liberation of a concentration camp that I turned into a novel. And I remember one day, as I'm listening back to these interviews of these amazing men, and, you know, I mean, they opened the camp gates and freed you know, the Holocaust survivors. And I, I just remember just weeping, like, who am I to do this? And that's what I felt like God saying, like, you were willing, you were willing to sit and talk to them. And, you know, and then you were also, I mean, your soul was liberated and, and share that message. And I think so much when we share First of all, the willingness, but second of all, the appreciation of what Christ has done. And for us to say, you know, you saved me, you saved my soul. I'll do what you asked me to do. Right. If you mix those that willingness with that that appreciation for what Christ has done, I mean, it's it's Him working through us. It's not all about us. Um, and then I love what you're saying that you know, there's you don't see it as competition. And I always say that too. I love helping new writers and. Um, you know, mentoring them and guiding them because there's room at the table for all of us. Like, yes, let's get some more people making movies and writing books right. and sharing right. Christ. I mean, there's room at the table for everyone. We had a filmmaker, uh, a good filmmaker, and we they love the story. They've been following the journey. And we gave them a screening copy of the film. And they said, we'll probably love the film, but we can't say anything about it because we're under contract for our next film. And we can't endorse film without permission. And I'm like, okay, but how sad is that? Mm-hmm. I told my team, I says, don't ever let me get, don't ever let me get so famous that I can't endorse somebody else's work. Right. That's, that's really pouring their heart into it, and it just felt, you know, it's not a competition. Uh, it's not a competition at all, you know. And we even have it's funny because uh, our our film releases the same time as another big Christian producer, uh, Devon Franklin, who's an amazing filmmaker. And his film releases at the same time. And people say, you know, how do you think? What do you think about that? And I says, I think Christians are going to have two great choices. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, that's amazing. And, you know, some people will take their kids to see ours and some people will be inspired by, by his true story. And I think Christians have two reasons to go to the movies. Easter exactly. Week. You yes. know, maybe we can have our Easter egg hunt and then do something, you know, and bring our friends to a spiritual journey. Um, so and you talk about willingness. I mean, you look at John Bunyan and when I go through hard times over the last five years on the film, I always say, well, at least I'm not in prison. Mm-hmm. He wrote the story in prison and he could have escaped prison anytime he wanted to simply by signing a document. And I think I probably would have told him to sign the document, you know, Hey John, I miss you. You know, just stop preaching. You know, God's not calling you to preach. He's calling somebody else to preach because John didn't get to preach. He was in prison. So he didn't preach anyway. But they offered to let him out if he'd stop, if he'd agree to start preaching. And he said, no. He says, if you let me out, I'm going to preach. And so he sat there in a small, dark and damp cell and wrote this amazing story. We're actually benefiting off from his mm-hmm. suffering, which is a very unique concept in this world. And I think it's through, going back to that quote, sometimes looking through tears brings clarity. I think it was because of his suffering that he was able to write the story. Um, you know, if he'd been free to preach, um, that never would have happened, first of all, because he would have been busy preaching. But second of all, it is in those moments where we are soul searching and seeking God and listening to the Holy Spirit that that's where the powerful stuff comes out. And so it is, it is amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Paul, right? Paul was in prison writing letters. 
my my spiritual mentor was Pastor Richard Wombrandt. He spent 14 years in prison. Uh, last year, I had the honor of making a movie about his life uh, that we released in theaters. And, you know, his suffering, I'm, I mean, I'm in his prison cell in Romania filming. And I'm there because he suffered in that cell. He stayed mm-hmm. in that cell for three years, solitary confinement. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. It's like, who am I? It's, it's, it's kind of humbling. It's like, who am I to be putting my name on a story that somebody else suffered for? It's kind of a hard yeah. thing. It is. It is. And then, but yeah, we, we're willing, you know, we take those steps, we walk it out and then we get to see the results, which that is what I'm super excited about is as this is getting viewed all over the world, I, I just, you're going to have to like send me some of the, the emails and stuff you get. Um, I'll rejoice with you. It just the experiences. Cause that is the amazing part. You know, yes, it's hard. And, and we get to, you know, we get to walk with Christ and labor with Christ, but also we get to, we get to see what he is doing. And I love that you have that mission heart. So just share, um, if you would, like, if you can, um, I guess, dream and, and picture what we, you would like to see, you know, five years from now, what would you like to see for this project? Um, we have set out on a journey and to translate the film into a hundred languages. Hmm. And that will, we've done all the research and we're selecting our languages. That doesn't mean we won't do a language not on that list. It just means we're going to proactively go after these languages. Right. With a hundred languages, you can reach every country in over 90% of the world's population in first and second languages. So we know that, you know, the Bible and people's mother tongue is extremely important, but we actually feel a hundred languages will give us penetration across mm-hmm. the world. Then we want every missions group, every mission society. We want to like, if we're going to reach out to even like Salvation Army centers. So I have a friend in California that oversees media for Salvation Army. And I said, I want to put a Pilgrim's Progress in the library of every Salvation Army center in the world in the right language. And there's thousands of them. You know, can I afford to do it? I don't know. Um, I mean, we did the film, so we're believing God. (laughs) Yeah. And it'll be cheaper actually to distribute it than it was to make it. And so I really have a dream to be the most translated, the most viewed, the most missional animation ever made. And I have that dream hoping somebody will beat me, hoping somebody will will make me second place because no one's done it. No mm-hmm. one has has really – I mean, with this great filmmakers out there. And when I speak at film festivals, I'm like, I can get your film in front of 6 million people tomorrow. You just have to be, you just have to be willing to make it in Farsi and make it so it translates to the Middle East. And I'll get you all the distribution you want, but they're not going to get paid for it. They're going to have to, they're going to have to seek eternal rewards. So I say, you know, let's make, let's make movies and let's make a living. There's nothing wrong with that. But what about pooling our resources to make a movie for the mission field? Um, I've had great conversations with Stephen Kendrick of the Kendrick brothers, an amazing filmmaker, uh, pastor, mission heart. And I'm excited. I, I really believe I believe you're going to see known filmmakers make a film for the mission field. And that would be my second goal. My first goal is to put the animation out there and be the second most watched film right next to Jesus film that has inspired me to do this. And then I want to see a great filmmaker like Stephen Kendrick or another one. I want to see them say, we're going to make a film that's going to translate to the world and we're going to, and we're going to give it away for free. And if the studios want to help great, but we're going to do it. And Mm. that's, that's my big dream. I love that so much. Yeah, the Jesus film, I looked it up, 1,600 languages. All right, so, you know, you're saying 100. I think we could go for more. Let's start with 100. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> I love that. And five years from now, we're going to have to chat again because I think, I don't know, God always has a way of blowing these things out of the water. So we can I'm, I'm believing with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it costs about $25,000 to do a language. Wow. I think that's Jesus film. I think it was between 20, I think it was $26,000 per language. And people just, you know, with the Jesus film, and let's face it, that's a budget film as well. Right. I mean, that's not your Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ. That's a that's a budget film, but they had the right heart and they had the right mission, missional goal, and people ran. I heard people would run to the back of the room to sponsor a language for twenty six thousand dollars, and that's how yeah. the Jesus film got to be so in uh, so many languages, and they're still going full blast. And if that you know if that would happen, um, I can say Trisha had the faith to make it work. You know. Uh, yeah. So I got faith for a hundred, um, but we're going to, it's, if anybody's listening, you want to translate it, you want to dub it. The other thing is we don't allow subtitles. You have to voice it over because children cannot comprehend uh, fast enough to read subtitles. So exactly. it has to be dubbed. Uh, subtitles will only cost us about 2,500 dubbing averages 25,000, but we're excited. We've started Farsi, Mandarin, uh, it looks like we're going to be doing Korean, Spanish. I mean, we already have a handful of languages. We've set out to do the first 20. Then we have some funding commitment for that. And 100, could we get to 1,000? I don't know. You're the first person to bring it up. We'll see what God does. Yeah, I'm praying for Czech. He could get the Czech language in there. Czech is in the first 100. Um, oh, good. So definitely a strategic. We, you know, we, we, we do not want to miss a country. So even if it's a small population uh, in that country, we have to hit it because we hit the country. Uh, you know, Hebrew is high up on my list. Uh, yeah. I want to bless the, the Jewish people. Um, we have other projects. And I'm always looking at, uh, I've, I have Hebrew uh, consultants that review things for me when I write. And I always want to impact, you know, I want to impact my, my own kids who are huge critics of my work. And if it's cheesy, I'm going to hear about it over <laughs> and over. Dad's making another cheesy product. And I want to impact Israel. And I think if yeah. we have those two focuses, I think it's even a scripture that says, right, from your own home uh, to the outermost parts of the world. And I want to hit everybody in between. And mm-hmm. I got a real love for the for the Jewish people. I'm, I'm not an evangelist that way, but I just want to give them things that are not, that are not offensive, but they lead to Christ. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. So we just have a minute left. If, you, if there's someone out there that maybe is thinking that God has put something on their heart, but they're scared to take that first step, what would you say to them? Oh, uh, it's kind of scary. The worst thing you can do is fail. So if you accept the worst outcome, then go for the best outcome. Um, I tell that to people that say, what if I, what if, what if this doesn't work? And I say, what if it doesn't, what are you willing to risk? Mm-hmm. Um, I could, you know, I could have lost my house over this project and I was, and I was willing to, and I had to tell God I was willing to. So I think it's important to believe for big things, but I also think it's important to give your failures to God. There's plenty of people willing to succeed for God, but how many people are willing to fail and take a chance on something? You know, John Bunyan probably thought his life failed. Yeah. Look at how well it succeeded. So just be willing to fail, be willing to say, what's the worst case scenario? What could I lose? But you'll never lose your relationship with God. You'll never lose eternity. You'll, and as a matter of fact, you'll gain more and more of it even here on this earth. And I think that's what it means to seek the kingdom, to live now like we're we're already there. And so I don't care what I lose on this earth as long as it's not, you know, people. I'll lose any possession to do God's work. 
So the worst isn't that bad. Then step out in faith and just don't quit. Don't quit. Keep oh, it. I love that so much. Thank you, Steve, so much for being here. And I just want to encourage everyone, get out, um, check out the movie. You can go to the website and I'll have the links in the show notes. Um, and then you could put in where you live, your zip code, and it'll show you what theaters. I looked it up. I have four theaters around me I could choose from. So we'll be going back and, and watching it again. Well, thank you, Tricia. It's been a pleasure being on your program, and I look forward uh, any time in the future to do it again. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, friends, don't you love that story? I just love so much how Steve was a willing servant. He was willing to step out and do what God asked him to do. He feel, felt like he didn't have the skills, and I think most of us feel that way when we see the journey before us. But I love how God is using him, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do with this movie and how it's going to reach people all around the world. I am so excited about that, friends. Well, today's Walk It Out scripture is Psalm 37, 3-4. through 4. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And this verse just came to me as I thought of Stephen, how his desire of his heart is to reach people with the gospel of Christ. And he was able to trust in the Lord and take delight in him, and God has truly given him the desires of his heart. And what I've learned before is that when we tell God, yes, God, use me, And then we're also willing to take those steps of faith and we desire to see the gospel spread. God will help us. Our steps will be established. He will do exceedingly more than we ask or imagine. And I just trust this for this movie. So I'm just going to say a quick prayer for Steve, for this movie, and for you. First of all, dear God, I thank you so much for placing it on Steve's heart that there needs to be a movie that can... Just share your gospel with a new generation and spread your gospel around the world, dear Lord. I pray that you will bless this movie. I pray that you will bring translators and people to support the translation and um, just people that will just spread the word about this movie so that more people can hear about the gospel of Christ. I pray that you will also... Um, bless Steve and bless the work of his hands and bless all that he's doing, Lord, to just um, to just get your good news out there. God, I pray that you will bless his family too. And then for the listener, for those out there right now, for my friends who maybe wonder how God is going to use them, and maybe they're saying, use me, Lord, but they're afraid to take those first steps. I pray for freedom. I pray that whatever lies are keeping them back, that you will just... Um, just break those walls down. I pray that your truth will penetrate and will be stronger than the lies. I thank you so much, Lord, for your good news and for the way you transform us. And I pray that um, you will continue to transform us, that we may walk in your ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I'm so thankful that you're here, and I'm also thankful for the sponsor of the show, which is David C. Cook. David C. Cook is another one, another company that is just trying to spread your gospel around the world. They have resources in over 100 countries, and the books that they produce all go to support those ministries. 
So thank you, David C. Cook. And friend, I would love to hear from you. I'd love ideas for guests. I'd love to hear you feedback on the show. I would love just even to pray for you. You just always send me a note at hello at trishagoyer.com. And again, connect with me on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. And if you have time, I would love it also if you left a review on iTunes. But most of all, I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for you taking the time to listen and be encouraged. I pray that you will have a blessed week. Free when I found it.